to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this bonus episode of Affirming Truths. I love the guest that we have on today. I've actually been dreaming of having her on for a while, so this is very exciting for me. I want you guys to meet Melinda Estabrooks. She is the visionary, the executive producer, the host behind See, Hear, Love on Yes TV. She is a champion at amplifying voices and really having the tough conversations we need to have in Christian circles. She does not shy away from the hard, and I love that about her, and she does it with such grace. So welcome, Melinda. Thank you, Carla. I love that. I, I'm so grateful when you know when you do a bio, people kind of pick and choose what they want to say about you. And I just appreciate that you, you've said that about the tough topics, amplifying uh, voices, because that's so my heart. It's so yes. my heart to amplify Canadian voices, voices that aren't heard, and to really tackle uh, tough topics that the church or your family or Christian culture don't want to talk about, are too afraid to, or shamed about. And so thank you for setting that up so nicely. Oh, well, thank you for doing that work. And thank you for coming here today to have one of those tough conversations, one of those hard conversations. Um, and before we dive into that, why don't you give us the quick sort of 411, anything I've missed in introducing you about Melinda? No, I think, you know, yes, currently I'm the yeah, host and, and executive producer of See Her Love, but I've been speaking for over 25 years across Canada and the world, sharing my story. And I, you really got my career started in advocacy work and fundraising and then into media and leadership training. So I've had sort of this breadth of lots of things uh, that I've enjoyed and passion. And I think one of the, the greatest things is I have really, and I don't know why, but I have done work and jobs in vocation that I've loved. It's been a really cool journey to be like, oh my goodness, I get paid to do this work. <laughs> and uh, that's been a really, as I look back in my life, I, you know, I turned 50 last year. And so I've had a lot of time to just contemplate and sit in aging and just sort of think about my life and just so grateful for all the different opportunities, all the women I've met and all the stories that I've heard. Oh, that is so beautiful. Um, our conversation today is going to be something that I know a lot of women are going to relate to. And I actually heard you say this on your Instagram stories um, with See Here Love. And this was the idea of struggling well. And I know that that has been a word that God has given you for 2024 and I just want to unpack that because there is struggle. There is struggle. How do you do it well? How did God imprint this word on your heart coming into this new year? It's good, Carla. And it's it's not but an overnight thing. This wasn't like, I'm doing a show on word of the year. Okay, chop, chop. Let me get get this motto. I guess let's go back. You know, I, I was raised in a missionary home, adopted into a missionary family, 
uh, from the, you know, in the Philippines, my parents are Canadian, surrounded by Christian culture, church, um, Bible college, you know, church, 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 church. And I have never heard struggle well. I've heard try not to struggle. I uh, try always to be happy, always put on a happy face. God is with you, so everything should be good. Things are going to work out. And it was always sort of ingrained in me that struggle is something you want to stay away from and run away as far as you can from. And well, like be joyful well, uh, be grateful well, um, be focused and 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 a courageous well. And so I never really put those two together until last year. Uh, uh, my husband and I started going to a, a church. And one day the minister was talking about a Bible story and it was sort of tough as one of the parables and at the very end, uh, the minister says, so now congregation, as you heard this parable, go out and struggle well with the Holy Spirit as you figure mm -hmm. out what this parable means to you and what you, what you were to do. And Carla, I was mad because I wanted the minister to give me the three point points lesson of what this parable meant, how to live my life and three good points, starting with P, P and P, you know, how we grew <laughs> up or S, S and S. Here's yes. the three S's, the three P's. And I was mad at him. I actually have never been mad at a minister or pastor like that in a while because I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to struggle. I want you to tell me how to live, what to do and how to do life well. And so when we were driving home, I looked over at my husband, Chris, and I just said, I didn't like that. And my husband's great. He's very patient, kind. He was a former pastor. He's just in that way. And he said, well, let's talk about it. And I realized, Carla, that for a lot of my life, and it's kind of like, because <gasps> I've been this Christian and doing Christian ministry and I have a TV show. I have been afraid to struggle. I want. Mm. I have been wanting everything to go well and be good and to be sanitized and to look good. Because what will people think about me if, if everything's just is falling apart? But he said, what if you, you know, my husband's like, what if you reframe your life and go struggle well? Don't be afraid of the struggle, but struggle well in it. Go through it. Dig deep. Love deeply. Cling, you know, to the Holy Spirit and to what God is saying. Surround yourself with community and reframe struggle into struggling well as part of life. And that would be a good way to live life. And it, I had to sit on that. You know, I... I I actually, honestly, Carla, I struggled uh, with the struggling well. <laughs> uh, but then I knew that the Holy Spirit and God was poking me. Because when you have some tension in yourself, yes. and you are having some battles, you're, that's something where you have to go, ping, God is trying to tell me something. Yes. And it was months, Carla, months. And I was like upset, raging, and then grieving and quiet to say, really? And then... I realized as I looked back at my life, I hadn't struggled well, and that caused me a lot of issues, a lot of shame, a lot of anxiety, depression. Moments when I did struggle well, I saw that I was able to go through pain and struggle. And so when I came into 2024, I was like, God, what word? And I've had so many different words over the years for my new year. God was just like, it's struggle well. It's, it's struggle well, and not alone, but with me. I love yeah. that. 
I think there's sometimes this conception or misconception in the faith community that if you're struggling, that somehow means that you're lacking in faith. You got to yes. pray harder. Your your faith isn't strong enough. You have sin in your life. God's mm-hmm. favor isn't on you. And we've come to see struggle as a evidence of being outside of God's hand mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. really the struggle is the sanctification. Mm -hmm. Like that is the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And if we actually look at the heroes of faith, it is evidence of struggling and wrestling and doing it with Jesus. That's right. That, and that's it. That's it. I think, you know, one of the things Carla way back, I remember when I was going through my depression, I had eight months dark night of the soul. And I share this within my own story, but it it was a it was a combination of, you know, five major things that happened in my life that my brain just shut down. And uh, it was it was really dark. And I was ashamed and I was embarrassed because I was like on the board of a church and I was, uh, you know, doing ministry work and I am depressed. And so dark. And And I remember thinking you know, in, in the struggling, well, I wish somebody had said that to me uh, because instead I had a few voices say, Mal, how can you be depressed if the Holy Spirit's within you? Like mm-hmm. you're a child of God, Melinda. Yeah. How can you be depressed? You've got all the power and the, you know, and, and again, quoting, you know, second Timothy one, seven and all the verses that are about power, love, sound mind, God with you. And I was, I couldn't hear it. I, I couldn't feel it. And you know, Carl, I think back and if somebody had said, you know, Mel, let's struggle well together, struggle well with, with, with God through this, he's with you. So in, in the struggle and in that desperation, and when you're in the fetal position and you're on the floor, it's the struggle, but God's with you. It would have totally changed. I I believe some of the experience and the thoughts that were in my mind. And so I, I hear you. And I think Wow, the churches. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I grieve because what church and people of faith have said to people in the struggle has has done such damage, you know. And and, and like, like like what you said, you know, like it's like they've called out. Well, you're not in the will of God. Obviously, you're not following Him. Obviously, there's deep sin in your life. Obviously, you know. And what does that do? That just puts on more shame. And more judgment, yes, and more fear on a person. It's and you're adding you're a, right. a spiritual burden on yes. top of someone who's already struggling, and yet we see God was with Paul, and Paul was not saved of struggling. Jesus Himself had to struggle all the way to the cross. Yes. So why do we think? As his children, we would be exempt from that. And it's not a reflection that we aren't his, but oftentimes it's a reflection that we are his. And he is hey, looking yes. Yes, to create a deeper dependency on him. And, you know, Carla, the other two, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Oh, no, I was just saying, and, and in the struggle, I mean, I think about the struggles that I've had, I'm a different, deeper, stronger woman than if I hadn't gone through it. And I hate saying that because when you're in the struggle, you hate it. God, why? 
you know, all of that. But now that I've gone through it, and I'm careful to say that because so many, I don't want to ever diminish the pain or the struggle that people are going through right now. But I've been through a lot of pain and struggle. And when I've gone through it and I've struggled well and and really clung to Jesus and really chose to have community around me, I am a stronger person. I actually, there are now things that I am faced with that I now can get through a lot better, a lot, quote unquote, easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it really builds resilience and and it builds my faith. And so there is something. I think you're right about Jesus and the struggle. It, it ties you way more closer to him too. Like you, I, I can relate to the stories even better through my own struggle yeah. when I read about Jesus' life. And also, like you said, the heroes of faith. And in the Bible, you're like, oh, I get that. Yeah. I get the stutter, Moses. I get the unbelief. Like, And you can go on and on because you've, you've been there. And then you see what's happened in their stories. And, and you know, you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like they were just like, you know, you and me, they had their issues. And, you know, I, I look at myself as a lot of like the disciples, like they can you imagine Jesus with these disciples, like how frustrating. I don't believe <laughs> you. Where am I going to sit beside you? I don't believe you. What are you doing? You know, like, ah, uh, and Jesus is like, you're my, you're my people, uh, you're my friends. So absolutely. I think there is something very connected in the struggle with Jesus when we do. Yeah. And I think sometimes there's this black and white thinking that comes over. You're either living the fruit of the spirit or you're struggling. And yet I think what people don't understand is that there is so much duality in how we live, that you can struggle and still have the fruit of the spirit. How has that looked like for you? How do you, how do you struggle well and still have that joy? How do you have hope? How are you able to not whitewash your pain, but still authentically say, even so I rejoice in the Lord. Mm, Good. And good question. Really good question. Wow. Okay. So I'll start off with not always perfect and not always easy, but, and I know I have a very different connection um, and how I approach Jesus than I know others in that, you know, Carla, even in the midst of my prodigal years running away, when I tried to take my own life, when I went through my depression, when I went through my public divorce, when I went through abuse and assault, I know this sounds, and it's very emotional, but I always knew that God was with me, that God was for me. Mm. I I don't know. I don't know why a lot of my girlfriends are like, Mel, that's a really beautiful gift that that you have since you were little. Mm. But I have always deeply known in my soul, my spirit, the bowels of my body that God loved me. And I, it could it be because I was adopted and I understood even at a young age that being an orphan and then adopted into a family who chose me to love me and call them, call me their own was direct connection of how God does the same for us. Maybe Carla, like there was something very deep in me that I knew I've always known that God has assisted me. So even in those places of distance away or choosing the wrong way or things done to me that were so painful, 
I never blamed God. I was never angry at God. I always, I always just knew that he was, was with me. And so in that, and I know that sounds, cause I know a lot of people don't have that. I, I know a lot of my girlfriends say, Mel, that's a gift because we struggle with love of father, love of God, unconditional love because of trauma that we've experienced because of hurt that has happened to us. It's really caused a barrier. And I, I hear that and I know that. And I, and I grieve with that because that's been some lonely places for a lot of my girlfriends. And, and yet Carla, for me, even so I've, I've just always known God's love. And so when you talk about fruits of the spirit, I, I believe that in knowing and having a relationship with God, <laughs> somehow in relationship with him and with the Holy Spirit, I have always realized that those are those fruits are a markers of of the love I have for him, uh, markers and ways of living so that I can love others. I think when challenging and hard things are done to you. You don't want other people to go through that. <laughs> and so how can I bring joy and love and peace, patience and goodness and righteousness to the world? Because I have experienced the opposite. Uh, I've also experienced the fruits of the spirit from people who showed mercy and kindness to me on my journey when I was so far away. So I know it's so, but I, it's, the way that I live is also because of the things that I desire for myself. And I receive that from people, but also knowing the pain of the world, I want to be a contributor to the fruits of the spirit to the world. Mm -hmm. There's so much pain. People don't need more aggression and racism and misogyny and biases and hatred and violence against them. And so how can I be an agent and bear of the fruits of the spirit. So those around me in the world can be better. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I believe comes from this relationship I have with Jesus. You know, I, as I get older, it's a deepening love for him. And when I read stories of the struggles he went through, uh, the promises he made, the way he loved women, you know, the, the arm around the adulterer, the adulterous woman, you know, that when I dug into that, it, it changed my life you know, the love that he had for a woman and called out men, <laughs> called mm -hmm. out the perpetrators. Uh, so I say that, and I know it sounds a little bit um, not as concrete as I would like, but there's just been something in me where the more that I get to know Jesus, the more that I have surrounded myself in community with people who also love him and are committed to showing love and kindness to the world it then makes me a woman who is like, okay, I, I still struggle with things. I've gone through a lot of struggle, but now I'm choosing to, in the midst of the struggle, be somebody of love, joy, peace, and patience. And it's an everyday, you know, uh, decision too, Carla. It's yeah. not like I'm like, okay, like automatically, you know, there are times I've really failed and been very angry at people and, and haven't been so loving, but I try. And the good part is I know that, again, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to whisper and speak and speak through others, like the minister who said, struggle well. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I think you really, if I were to pull out from that, really connected the fact that it is in relationship with God 
I think mm-hmm. sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to manufacture the fruit of the spirit in and of ourselves, yeah. but really it's not the fruit of Melinda. It's not the fruit of Carla. It is the fruit of the spirit. So how right. are we inviting the spirit in? Because in and of ourselves, we can't produce it in and of ourselves. We can't struggle well. So how are we choosing every day to be open-handed to God and say, okay, right. be here, guide me, help me to do this struggle well. And, and I love that. that, Carla, because, yeah. and this is even with the show, and this is even with our kids. There has been, and I don't know where this came from, and I don't, it's not necessarily like a church culture thing, but so much of my my teaching or the shows or when I'm out speaking at women's conferences, over and over, Carl, I have to say, it is not just going to happen to you. You have to do the work. Like people are like, well, Melinda, how? I haven't re- I haven't. And then I actually go back and go, well, what have you done? Yeah. Well, I uh, the, uh, I said, uh, it sounds like you've done nothing. Yeah. But in any relationship with your kids, with your parent, with your spouse, with your partner, you have to do the work. Yes. Listening, leaning in, uh, you know, having deep conversations about, you know, expectations and, and boundaries and honesty. Like there is work and it's hard work. Yeah. It's the same as with, with God. That's what I say to people. It's like, you know, not the relationship isn't hard, but like listening and talking and being with and reading and talking again and listening. Like there is a relationship you know, with, with Jesus that needs to be cultivated, that needs to, to have some priorities set aside, some intention, just like in any other relationship. And and I say this because a lot of times when women come to me after I speak and they're like, I don't know why this isn't working in my life and this and this and this. And I literally go, well, what have you done to make it better? Mm-hmm. What have you done? What step have you made? Well, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I don't understand why he's not listening or why this, you know, again and again, I said, you know, ladies, there needs to be work. There needs to be a choice of intentionality in this area. And you've got to do the work. No one's going to do it for you. It's not just going to happen. And I say that to the church, you know, and that's why coming back full circle, it struck me like, wow, because I was, the thing that I didn't like about when I, you know, about women who were saying, why isn't it happening to me? I was actually feeling the same way at church when the minister didn't tell me how to live my life after the sermon. And he said, now struggle well with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit tell you what this means. And then I started laughing because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm upset with him. And that's exactly what I tell, you know, the women. Yeah. But I think that's really good that there, there's got to be some work in there that. And not saying is. like, God, you know, I'm just saying like, there's just got to be more intention. And that's, I'm saying that to myself, Carla, but I say that to others that there's got to be, you know, the work of, of doing, but also you're right that not to manufacture it or, or do, you know, do joy and love on your own, but the, the spirit, God's spirit, as you get to know him more, it just, it comes naturally. Like, you don't want to actually start thinking, it's like breath. You just start doing it. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm responding out of kindness when usually I know I'd be kind of angry, but there's, there's something in me yeah. that's just responding in that loving way. Right. And, that and that's the work. It is the work. Yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of a story where this woman was praying for God to give her bread and he provided her all the ingredients. And she's like, no, 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 God, I asked for bread. 
Like we actually have to take what God is giving us and do our work. He is a God of partnership. He is a God of community. He doesn't bulldoze his way in. Um, And that comes even with our suffering. God doesn't necessarily want to rescue us in the way that we see it. He wants us, he wants to provide the tools to help us do it with him. And that's the partnership. And that's um, what is so beautiful about God is that he calls us in. Like he could do things any number of ways, but he actually wants to do it in partnership with us. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me too that, you know, when we are talking about suffering and praying for rescue, that we're living in this in-between. Yes, God, God saved me at the cross. He's continuing to save me as I suffer. And he will one day save me ultimately when we're glorified with him. So how do I do this middle portion well? What does suffering well look like? to Melinda. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's an interesting time because I'm in the midst of, uh, it's hard. Um, two of my girlfriends who are deeply suffering um, and are wanting death more than life. That's all I'll say. And I don't know they're kind of suffering. I don't, I really don't. I it's, it's deep. It's, it's difficult in so many ways. And there's been a lot of suffering and struggle around Chris and I, the last year, we've had a number of people pass away and people have be, you know, get sick and it's been very painful and we're trying to be strong and be encouraging and be present. And yeah. And so when I look at people who are suffering well, you know, uh, and it's not easy because in, in, in the reality of it, the friends who I love, you know, some days are good and some days are bad. <laughs> some days there's a lot of anger and then some days there's a great peace. And I, you know, sometimes I question, you know, God, where are you in the midst of this? Because how could somebody suffer so much and so, you know, so constantly? And yet I hear Carla, like there's this, there's this overwhelming sense when I like observe and see people suffering that way, that there is something like what we talked about earlier, like it's almost like a deeper connection with God in the suffering. And so physically it's so painful, but some of the women I know, there's this incredible peace within it and, and a hope and not like, not a manufactured what you said, but I've. I've seen just them over and over. Okay, I'm going to hope. It doesn't feel like it, but I'm going to hope. And I think too, knowing that this isn't the end of our story, our life, that we're mm-hmm. with Jesus, there is there is a sense of that too, that this is for a time, but sometimes it's really sucky that the time feels so long and it can go on for years, the suffering and pain. And so I am very gracious and and when people get so angry and are hurting and are like, why I would rather just die and I don't want to go on. So I think suffering the struggling. Well, I think the one thing that I've seen is, and this is what I say to all the women that I talk to Carla is that you can't 
and you shouldn't struggle or suffer alone. Mm. Like you really need people. Like every time I was in crisis, I had people who were there to pray and be there for me. Cause sometimes you just have to have people raise your arms cause you can't. Mm-hmm. And that's really key. Yes. The journey of suffering will be yours, but you need your people because sometimes when I was in struggle, I'm like, I can't pray. You can't move. I can't do this. I can't make it to my therapist. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. No, Melinda will pick you up. I can't have a shower. I don't want to. Okay, well, we'll put you in the shower. I can't sing. I want to worship, but I'm so upset with God. Well, then we'll sing for you around you, around your bed. Like over and over, mm-hmm. God's people showed up. And so I think in the suffering, wow, there's definitely a need for people, for your people. And if you're the person, show up. You know, I mean, so many people are like, I don't know what to do, Mal, in your struggle. And I was like, can you just sit with me and sing a song? Can you sit with me and read scripture? Can you sit with me and, you know, put me in the shower? You know, it was, and people showed up. And so I think on both sides, you need your people, you need to ask, but also people like me, it's like, show up, show Mm -hmm. up in the need, you know? And so I think that was really key for me. And then I had very honest journaling conversations with God. I'm a journaler. I have so many journals. I write so many things, years and years of journaling. And so many times I would journal and I would start off really angry, really angry at God. And the next thing I know, those pages would be filled with prayers from lament to actually like a Psalm to like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to choose that your love endures forever. I will choose that you're with me. And I would write it out. And when I was discouraged and I didn't want to write, if I was in the hospital or wherever I was, I would read back my journals and my own words actually would encourage me, which would be kind of like this weird thing. But I'd be like, yes. oh, I said that. Oh, wait, whoa, I said that. Yes. That was my prayer. And so the journaling and prayers. And then I did a lot of talking to God. I mean, sometimes I'm not a good listener to God. I like to talk. But in the talking, there are times where I'd hear him say, just listen. I would sit quietly and and listen and hear some things. And a lot of times I'd say, this will be for a time. And I'd be like, well, how long is it going to last? And he wouldn't tell me, of course, but it's like, you, (laughs) I'm with you and I'm here with you. So, I mean, those are in my own personal experiences, Carla, what really helped me. And then the promises, you know, again, as a young child, memorizing verses and songs that had scripture really saved me as I got older. Yeah, and I, I know people are like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm not kidding." Like in in Sunday school, and they're like, "You got to memorize this verse." And yes. I'd be like rolling my eyes, and all of us kids would be like, "This is so dumb," you know. Uh, those verses saved me. Life verses that came back, roaring back yes. when I was like running away from God at the clubs. All of a sudden, a verse would pop in my head, and I'd be like, "What is going on?" And it was like, "Nope, I'm going to give you this verse and a song." Like like yeah. Bible. Sunday school songs would come back when I was at my lowest. And so I, even now it's not too late, but I actually started memorizing more verses and started Mm -hmm. like finding worship songs. I could kind of sing along to that were scripture that really helped me during a lot of suffering and crisis. Yeah. I mean, that's your offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit. Like you can't fight the good fight without the right weapons. And I always encourage women, like you have to get into the word and you have to figure out what works for you. Cause there's more than yeah. one way to study the Bible. Right. I know for me as I, I suffer, you know, with my mental health challenges, like even right now I'm, I'm in the midst of a depression 
And Mm. I know the things that I've learned to choose to do, and it's a practice. And as you practice it, you get more proficient at it. But I, I tell myself in the suffering, there's three things I've got to do. I've got to do something that takes care of me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's just brushing my teeth, depending on how low I am. Sometimes it's, you know, getting in a full workout, right? Like what my capacity is may change, but what's one thing I could do for me? What's one thing I can do for my ministry? And then what's one thing that I can do to bless my family? And I think sometimes when we try to get out of ourselves and see past our suffering, it Mm -hmm. brings it brings hope. And so I would encourage the woman who is suffering to maybe ask God to give you eyes to see where you could bless someone else, because there's so much life giving in that as well. Yeah, that's good. And you know, when I was going through my depression, my my therapist in very small things, just like you said, Carla, it's like, walk to the door today. Yeah. Next, you'll walk down the hall next day go down the elevator and next day go go to the door walk down the hall go down the elevator your condo and just stand outside in the sun yeah and it was these little incremental things that i did that eventually got me to like walk around the lake and started getting me on this path to just healing and you're right it wasn't big she didn't say all right today you're gonna walk around the lake yeah it was no you're gonna go to the door yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> okay you know like you know and, and next day you're gonna open the door and walk down the hall and that really was an amazing incredible great piece of advice and I do that with my life too if I if I get overwhelmed it's like what's the one small thing you can do to get there yeah I can do that yeah. then what's the next yeah. thing that adds to that I can do that and next thing I know I'm sitting I'm like I've done it <laughs> I yeah. did it all but I did it in little incremental little like sort of almost packaged pieces and I got there and and I, I want to encourage, you know, a woman too, that like, don't start with the big thing, mm-hmm. but like little, little pieces, like you said, of how to get there have helped me along the way. That's so good. Mm. Before we wrap up, is there any last word of encouragement that you would love to give the woman who is struggling and wants to do it well? I think the best thing, Carla, and, and to you, you know, the women who are listening, at the end of every show that I I do at See Her Love, we always say, always know you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Mm. And after 25 years of speaking and hearing those three things from women, I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard, I don't feel loved. I just want to remind you that you are. Mm. That you are, when you don't feel like you're seen by your partner or spouse or yourself, by yourself or by God or by others, you don't matter, you are seen. And you can read through the scriptures and know that God sees you. Psalm 139 is a full chapter, Psalm 139 of being known, being seen, being created. And that you are heard. So many times women feel like their voice doesn't matter, that their voice and story are shut out whether it's because you are a woman or because of your ethnicity or because of your past, but God needs and wants to hear from you. And so does the world. We need Mm -hmm. to hear your story. We need to hear your struggle. We need to, we need to hear. And then just being deeply loved is something I always cling to because sometimes I don't feel lovable 
I don't feel like I should be loved. I don't feel loved, especially for myself sometimes and my worst enemy and critic, but God deeply loves you. And so I think that's the best way, Carla, end is that you are seen, you are heard, and you're deeply loved by God. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Melinda. Guys, check out Melinda on See, Hear, Love. I'll put all the details in the show notes, but I so appreciate you, Melinda. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carla. It was an honor and privilege to be with you. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye friends.